Are you recording? Welcome to Off Trail with Erie Metro Parks. My name is Mike, and today we're going to be talking about animals that we are thankful for because it is Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we're going to have Martin share a little bit here about, um, obviously, he's from England, and they do not celebrate Thanksgiving. So No, but um, what I always say is that your Thanksgiving is very similar to our Christmases. That's when we, in England, traditionally have our roasted turkey and all the other good foods associated with what you have for Thanksgiving. So it's it's similar that it's, you know, it's not meant to be that, but it's... All around food, right? Well, here in America, we do <laughs> ham on Christmas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cheryl, don't you do prime rib? Prime rib. Yeah, I'm jelly. Yeah. Wow. I'm going I to do ham. Cheryl's we do Christmas. Ham. <laughs> Aldi's ham. <laughs> yeah, my wife would get real upset if we didn't have ham. I don't like ham, though. I so. love ham. All right. So we're going to be talking about all about animals that we are thankful for. Um, last year when we did the Thanksgiving episode, we were just kind of talking about Thanksgiving in general. Mm -hmm. um, but this year we're going to kind of talk about um, why some of these animals are underappreciated and should be appreciated. Yes. So who wants to start? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched. So Martin just waved his eyebrows. I don't think I've ever seen someone me do either. that. Like, I was, was well, you one. looked at me That's and I did. Well, usually go we first. go left to right. All right. Well, I'll go first because I usually don't. Yeah. Um, so. I'm going to be super, well, if I go first, then you guys can't take one of mine. So that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. So my first one, um, animal that I am thankful for, um, is slugs hmm. and other decomposers. Slugs specifically because um, a lot of people think of them as a garden pest. They think they're a nuisance, um, but they're not. Uh, they, they, they're food for other things, toads, frogs, other stuff, um, salamanders, all kinds of good stuff. Um, and they do play a massive, <laughs> a massive role um, in keeping the balance. Um, so they're consuming um, massive quantities of decaying vegetation, mm -hmm. uh, leaf litter, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then they also eat animal droppings. Uh, so they're kind of wiping that stuff out pretty quickly. And then all of that is pooped out by the slug. <laughs> pooped. And comes down to deposited back into the soil as really, really good, healthy nutrients mm -hmm. for the soil. Um, so that's important. Um, did you know that slugs have like a ridiculous amount of teeth? What? I did not know that. Yeah. No? It's s <laughs> some, not all. Some species have like just like hundreds of teeth. It's crazy. So with those slugs that have teeth, can you get bit by a slug? I wonder. I don't know, but I, I that would be hmm. a leech. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of a slug with teeth, I'm yeah, thinking leech. Yeah, that's kind of uh, hmm. Um, and one foot, right? It's called a foot. Like yeah. The whole yeah. Yeah. Whatever you call it, the base. The. Right. <laughs> 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 the suction cup. <laughs> Did that come from your sound effects machine? <laughs> no, that was me. <laughs> All right, That's good. Martin, you're okay. next. Um, so one of the ones I have on my list are spiders. Oh. Again, one that a lot of people don't like, but um, we have to have a lot of respect for spiders. They do a lot of pest control for us. Um, mm -hmm. If I ever find a spider in my house, particularly if it's a jumping spider, 
I just leave it there because I know that if it's surviving, it's surviving for a reason. It's finding things that I might not see, other you know, flies, bugs, whatever, and it's helping clean my house um, of those pests. And um, it, it goes further in that, you know, in some places they're eating a lot of midges and mosquitoes and other things. And some of those things can you know, uh, spread diseases. So spiders are helping with disease control in many senses too. So in my house, I have to basically, um, it's my wife against the spiders. <laughs> yeah. So I have to protect them. So my job is to <laughs> see them before she does yeah. so that they don't get squished. I was just um, gonna despite ask you that. despite being a naturalist, she doesn't care. Uh, she's like, I don't want to hear. Um, and then, if if one of those um, house centipedes comes through, mm. like she might, like the house getting burnt down is a real yeah. Okay. That's a potential. <laughs> <laughs> she's so, protecting the children. <laughs> well, Willow doesn't mind the spiders. She doesn't like the house centipedes, but doesn't mind the spiders. Um, so spiders get like a like this terrible like they're bad. Like by everyone, mm-hmm. so and it's it's, the, it's TV that did mm-hmm. it. That's it is. I think a lot of the um, the fears, and obviously there are people that actually have arachnophobia, but I think a lot of it is taught and learned mm-hmm. from TV shows, from other people. Yeah, it's not necessarily always a natural instinct. Yeah, and anybody have a guess on how many species of spiders there are worldwide? Just guess. Five thousand. Oh, that was a good guess. Okay. I don't know. 2,000. 40,000. What? Wow. That okay. was not a good out guess. Out of those. <laughs> yeah. Out of those. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it was, was better than. I was way off. <laughs> out of <laughs> those 40,000 species, guess how many are deathly, um, could can cause death towards humans and, and very, very. All right. Small percentage. 13. Yeah. Like, yeah. 10, I was going to say. Kippy. That was a good guess, though. It was 30. There were 30 <laughs> that can really, like, kill you. And there's oh. only two in That's more the US. than I thought, though. But yeah. Two in the U.S., yeah. Black Widow and... Well, there's... Might be a third one okay. that have has been brought here, which... Mm. So, native, yes. Mm. Um. So, yeah, spiders, we need to, to give them, like, a little hug. Another mm. thing about spiders, so a lot of people think... <laughs> this is my favorite thing to tell people about spiders. It's like if you're ever looking in your windowsill and you see... Like what you think is like a dried up dead spider with its legs up in the air. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, what is it, Martin? It's a shed. It's its exoskeleton. Yeah, exoskeleton. Yeah. I learned that from yep. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew that. People were like, what? They're like, no. I remember I told my mother in law that. So he's still around. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. He's somewhere in here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention this spider story from last year. Like when we were working from home, um, and I was in my previous job, but I was working from home. And my office setup was in our um, dining room area because we had a small apartment. And um, this bold jumping spider um, just somehow appeared on my laptop. And I shouted to my wife, like, hey, Morgan, jumping spider on my laptop. And while I was working, I was just kept watching it. And it was just moving around my laptop. It <laughs> went down to my table. It jumped on my arm, climbed up on my chair, <laughs> then went round and went back to the laptop. And... <laughs> just felt like my little desk buddy. <laughs> he was just hanging out with you. Yeah. <laughs> they Martin, are the cutest things. Martin had full-on conversations with him, and then they had dinner together, right. and then they talked about each other's families. <laughs> the little spider way. <laughs> uh, all right, Kippy, you're up. Okay. Um, animals that I'm thankful for. You guys have been naming animals that, that get a bad rap. Um, the ones that I've picked are ones that I think everybody thinks are good. Well, maybe not. How about my first one is the garter snake. 
Um, I think that yeah. it's a it, it's it's a great thing to have, especially if you're if you're if you have a garden like we do. I mean, you, they eat a lot of the bugs that eat your vegetables, mm-hmm. and and they hide, so you don't even have to see them. It's like this 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 magical you know mm-hmm. pest control system, mm-hmm. and and uh, I think they're awesome. Uh, although I, I I don't won't pick one up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: is like Martin and I went very broad. Mm-hmm. And Kippy went directly for yeah, species, species level. Yeah. Species level. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, Cheryl, you're up. Um, my first one is the American kestrel. Oh, Cheryl went species level I too. I did. Well, we suck, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, not only that, they're so cool, um, but I chose it as like a personal reason too. Um, the reason why I picked this bird is because this is what sparked my interest in environmental education. So as some of you listeners already heard this story before, but I volunteered at Back to the Wild in Castilla, and I got to volunteer at one of their events, and I was set at the American Kestrel Station. So people would come up, see this kestrel, and I would tell them fun facts about kestrel species and um, why they're so cool, and I just fell in love with it. So that's why I'm thankful for this bird. Awesome. Nice. That's the reason Cheryl's sitting here today. Awesome. Yes, so. exactly. So we're thankful for this bird as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did Cheryl go specific to a species, she went specific to an individual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Might not help anyone else, but <laughs> plucking heartstrings too. <laughs> All right. So I'm up. All right, I'm like. You guys are just going to be like, he's going to say moths. He's going to say moths. Not going to say moths. I'm going with gulls. Oh. As in the things on leaves or the bird? The bird. Okay. <laughs> just that making surprises sure. me. So uh, we have about 50 species worldwide, and um, we are the reason that gulls are the way they are. So a lot of people think of them as like, oh, they'll go through your garbage. They are like parking lot. Flying beasts, rats. Flying rats. Yeah. Uh, I've heard them called many things mm-hmm. with explicit names and things. But um, it's our fault. Um, so the our bad fishing habits, um, our overfishing habits have depleted their native food source. So, I mean, if something depletes your native food source or mine <laughs> or what we're going to eat, we're going to find another way to eat. And that's all these goals have done. It's just adapted really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just so happens to be in our parking lots. Um <laughs> Probably a little heavier than they used to be, um, but <laughs> <laughs> did you know that some goals can um, tell the time? No, I didn't. No. But elaborate. So there's this um, research, and it's from England, and I think it's from the black-headed gull, which is our most common inland species. Um, and we have loads of them around any school fields. So generally in England, um, and it's probably very similar here. Oh, Mike just dropped the mic. Bit too early. <laughs> My, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> All right, continue, Martin. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so these black-headed gulls can read the time, and it's because um, around schools where we have um, like fields, um, a lot of schools in England, you know, when they when kids go out for like recess or lunch, they take their snacks and lunch with them, and kids aren't always the cleanest people in the world so they'll leave their leftovers and you know unwanted crusts of their sandwiches or whatever um but these black-headed goals have associated these kids with their own dinner time 
So they're, you know, doing whatever at certain times of the day, but when it comes to recess or lunchtime, they accumulate on these school fields and wait for kids to drop it, <laughs> drop their food, and then they disappear again. <laughs> That's awesome and super intelligent for the yeah. bird. My question is, what do the gulls do when school's not in? McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Every McDonald's I've ever visited, there's been some pesky uh-huh. gulls. <laughs> even in uh. Texas, or even when there's a place where there's not that much water around, they're still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, some other cool, really things about other really cool things about gulls. Um, they're faithful, and most of them, not all, mate for life, um, and they control um, huge numbers of offshore marine ecosystems. So they're very helpful with that. And their poop is f- packed full of nutrients um, that that is great for fertilizing uh, aquatic plants. So, as Cheryl said, it all comes back to the poop. Yeah, it does. Yep. I think that's the reason. <laughs> and I'm going to mention it in my next one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to skip species all in general and just talk about poop. Right? <laughs> and how Have we not done is. that podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's the second one. We need to do a poop 2.0. Though. Do. A number two. Number two. <laughs> poop squared. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that's a wombat's poop, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's triple entendre. <laughs> all right, Martin, you're uh. up. Okay, um, so I'm going to talk about um, probably the reason that I'm in this field um, is my love for tortoises. Um, and obviously, we're all introduced to tortoises or turtles as a broader term in like cartoons and TV shows. Um, but they play an important part in nature too. Um, they're species that build burrows that are used by many other species, like the gopher tortoises and desert tortoises of North America, those burrows are used by snakes, birds, insects, you know, you name it. Those burrows are important, especially in the desert when it's super hot. And those animals that can't dig or build their own burrows, they use the burrows from the tortoises. But also tortoises are really important for seed dispersal. So tortoises will, will eat fruits and they have such a slow digestive system that despite most of them being like slow moving by the time that that food is digested, they would have moved far enough away from the, the original plant that their poop is this perfect fertilizing packet um, ah. for the seeds f- to germinate. Um, and some of the um, like island species like the Aldabra tortoise, um, there are certain plants which basically require this tortoise to be there. Oh, like, I've learned more about tortoises than I've cared to know since Martin started working here. So, so it's another thing. I think that's freaking fascinating. I know. Because, like, it's just like like that plant's whole existence is based on poop. Poop, <laughs> poop. and this tortoise. Yeah. And to- so. Yeah, specifically the tortoise. Yeah. <sighs> We're messing up, everyone. Just so we know, we got we to gotta pr- just protect everything. That's what we need to do. Yep. All of it. Agreed. In general. All right. Kippy up. Speaking of everything, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, this this creature, animal, insect, uh, I think is beneficial and I'm thankful for it. And I think everybody should be thankful for it. It's bees. Um, yeah. of bees. Cor- I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> they really are. They, I mean, so much. And I, and I know you always hear people say, oh, without bees, civilization w- would fall and this wouldn't this would happen. But there'd be other ways to pollinate these plants, I'm sure. But it wouldn't be as easy and it wouldn't be as natural. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, because of their pollination, um, 
pollinating skills. And I mean, they, they pollinate everything. I was reading trees, plants, fruits, all kinds of stuff, Mm -hmm. which is, which is really cool. And, um, and I, and I was also reading that they, uh, they, they can also tell us about the health of our, our planet, you know, by the number of bees and how they act and what they do. They can, they can tell if, if, if a certain area is in decline and this and that. And so they're, they're a good indicator. They're a good pollinator. And uh, of course, they're great builders, and and they produce honey and all this other cool stuff. And I just think bees are amazing. Amen. Agreed. Yes. All right, Cheryl, you're up. Um, this one I really love because it's when um they provide habitat for wetlands. Uh, the American beaver. Oh. Yeah. So. As most of you know, beavers build dams um, by a water source. So the water floods through the floodplains, and the floodplains eventually turns into wetlands or a beaver pond, and more vegetation grows, then more wildlife moves in. So they're responsible for a lot of the wildlife diversity in different places. So, yeah. Yay for the beaver. Yes. All right. So I've been thinking as we've been going around, Martin took my spider one. You're welcome. (laughs) That's why I added some to yours because I had some things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, oh, I have a backup, which was the American crow. And now I'm going to change it. So I did have um the american crow but i i'm i'm going to change it now and i'm going with moths i couldn't resist oh. Oh, <laughs> i really couldn't so for two <laughs> reasons number one i love them and number two a lot of us don't see them um so the reason for moths for me is because um not only do some of them pollinate so going off kippies um but some of them also um i mean they're the, the moths they lay ridiculous amount of eggs some species between two and 500, some species over a thousand individual eggs. And those caterpillars wind up being consumed by birds and other insects and spiders and things. Um, so not only are they're basically helping through pretty much their entire uh, life cycle from egg to um, full grown adult. Cause then they are as, as moths are a, a, as an adult moth, they're for bats and spiders and things too. Um, so very beneficial and I love them. So I just want to add that our, our ecosystem is amazing. I mean, I, I mean, I know there's other places that probably can, can support life, but just the process and the biodiversity that we have here on earth is just amazing and everything working together. Yeah. And it, it it's, and it's just amazing. It's like, yeah. well, and that's our job is to, to show people the things that they might not think are the prettiest or the cutest mm-hmm. or the, best looking or best acting animals and insects and things, how important they are. Because if we take them away, you know, something, something else is going to. Goes out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. So basically most of the things we've been talking about are um, the scientific term is ecosystem services. So these are services that nature is providing us without us having to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's hugely important because without them, you know, we would have to go out of our way to employ people, spend lots of time and effort to make sure that those things do happen. Right. Pollination, seed dispersal, habitat creation. Mm-hmm. These are things that are provided to us without us doing anything other than stepping back and watching. Right. And consuming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Martin, you're up. Okay, I thought this one would have been taken by someone, and I apologize if either Kippy or Cheryl have this as their last one. Um, and it relates to moths, because um, <gasps> you mentioned bats. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, bats eat a lot of moths, um, but they, they do a lot more for us too. Again, it comes back to pest control, um, but it also goes to fertilization. Their guano is hugely important as a fertilizer. Um, a guano no more. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said bats i had it locked and loaded baby <laughs> me too <laughs> oh man and we go it's gone back to poop again as well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah they also um there's certain species that help pollinate plants um and certain species like fruit bats um again important for seed dispersal by eating those fruits and spreading mm -hmm. those seeds everywhere um, so I think, yeah, and again, it's a, another group of animals that people don't have a lot of love for, and it's completely unfair. Yeah. Um, and over the last two years, obviously, that, that love has declined even more, or that like for, you know, bat species has declined yeah. even more. So, so hopefully we can change that. Yeah, we need to be thankful for People bats. are afraid more so than thankful. I yeah. think they're afraid of disease and this and that and all these. Yeah, but yeah. it's not the bat's fault. and. Many species out there have diseases and could be um, that carrier for the next big thing. And what about moss? Do moss any moss carry diseases that you know of? That's just I imagine because you think about uh, butterflies; they, they some can carry fungus and disease. You know, with the monarch that's and things transferable to other butterflies. Yeah, but I, not, I, I imagine don't think I imagine yeah. they carry something. I don't know that it would be something that can carry to humans but it could carry to something else yeah. so who knows we'll see all right so then kippy you're up all right my last animal that i am thankful for and uh you know being around thanksgiving uh it is edible fish i love fish Ooh. uh <laughs> it's it, first of all it's 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 probably one of the healthiest meats that there are that that we can consume um and also i know that some of the poor countries, the more undeveloped countries, uh, primarily survive off the protein of fish. And so it feeds billions, you know, millions of people that, that can't afford to buy and, and hunt and don't have those resources. Um, but fish also, you know, fish oil, manure, glue, there's a million things that, that fish can provide. And uh, I just, you know, I just like eating them. <laughs> Personally, I love fish, you know, and, and living on Lake Erie, we have, we have a lot of great fish. You yeah. know? We do. Yeah. So, so what's your favorite kind of fish? Uh, it, not from Lake Erie, catfish. <laughs> oh, yeah, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> I do like catfish. I, I know they're bottom dwellers and you shouldn't like them, but when they're fried in some Zatarans, and it's just good. <laughs> yeah. pretty good. How about you, Mike, Cheryl, your favorite fish? I I don't like fish. Oh, no. I don't. Double shame. I know, especially growing you grew up. up here. I grew up here, and I still don't like it. Wow. Um, so I'm from Maryland originally. So blue crab just overdoes everything. <laughs> no, it's not a fish. Um, but we have um flounder and rock bass there, and that is just takes me back to my childhood. Really, Aww. is really what it does. So crab is very healthy meat too. Though, yeah, you know, very lean. So I'm, I'm gonna say mine is cod, like oh, cod. Yeah. Like, again, goes back to me growing up. Yep. Fish and chips shops in England, battered cod with a side of chips. Amazing. <laughs> Explain <laughs> your chips too, because in America I know we do it wrong, don't we? 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're similar to your steak fries, but again, greasier and different. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. So who's up? Is it you, Cheryl? Uh, me. It's your last one. Last one is the Virginia opossum. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They are I cute. I, I think they're so cute. They play dead. They film with the mouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two extremes. <laughs> they do that all for defense, though. <laughs> That's what you start with. It's like a bipolar skunk or bipolar rat. <laughs> uh, but they have a varied diet. Um, but uh, they consume ticks as a part of their diet. So one individual can consume up to 5,000 ticks in a season. Um, so we can be very thankful mm-hmm. for that. But they're also scavengers. Um, they'll feed on carrion. Um, you'll probably find them in garbage if you <laughs> leave it But off. they're super clean, too. They spend they're a lot of time clean. cleaning themselves, and they're mostly immune to, like, Lyme disease, which people yeah. wouldn't think. In the, the it's got to have something to do with the marsupial. So they're thing. the... North America's only marsupial, which is a really fun fact. Mm-hmm. And they carry their babies on their back. Yeah, that's cute. Because they don't have it. a designated That is nest. the cutest thing. So their nest is their pouch. So once the babies outgrow their pouch, they climb on mom's back. And mom will travel with 10 babies on her back. On her back. Mm. I'd love to see that in the wild. So I know. Cheryl said their scavengers only eat just about anything. One time, I was in the Southwoods at Osborne, and I was doing a moth program, and I was painting the trees with my Mike's famous moth bait, and <laughs> as a special uh, secret concoction of starts with a B, end of the ear. <laughs> um, so I had painted it on the trees and came back, and I sometimes when I go to paint it, I obviously dribble some on the ground below, and I guess this opossum had smelled it and came up. And when I got to the tree, I didn't realize anything. And then I could hear oh, like, and I spooky. look down and I just see this little white blob. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and all the people behind me are like, start to run. I'm like, it's okay. It's just an opossum. Everybody calm down. <laughs> Cause running in the dark does no good for anyone. So, so yeah. I have a question though. So I've always called them just possums. And I know I've seen the name opossum mm-hmm. written in books and whatnot. Is that, I mean, it's, I mean, is possum wrong saying just possum? Well, it's a different It's a different species. species. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there are different species of possum in um, Australia, Australia and other areas, other countries in that area. Um, they're marsupials too, but they're not closely related to the opossum. There are other species of opossum in South America. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of those things... Um, People have been saying it like that for so long. Yeah. yeah I, it's one that doesn't bother me anymore. Same. Stopped bothering me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it, unless it's like in scientific literature, then I think it would bother me. Mm-hmm. So, but no. good, good question. Yeah. Um, small shout out to crows and ravens because they're awesome too. Mm-hmm. And vultures. Um, Yes, and, yeah, and frogs. Okay, now we want to. I, I purposely, <laughs> I purposely. I mean, we really could. This could be a never-ending podcast. My hands were tied. I, yeah, I forced <laughs> Martin not to use but vultures because we. we're going to do one based around vultures itself, oh, where he can word vomit sense. onto us all in one. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys ready for the news article? Ready. Let's do it. The news article. All right. First, there's an opinion-based question. Okay. 
th- that's how I stumbled across this article. It's pretty fascinating. Could humans ever be venomous? I wouldn't uh, be surprised if Martin's already read this. I have not. I would say yes, they are. I mean, with all the diseases that humans carry and stuff now, they can oh. definitely be. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you that even um, anything that can inflict an infection could be argued as like a venomous in yeah. some senses. So I like the scientific approach we took here. <laughs> um, so the question um, in this article was originally, can humans be venomous? Um, it is highly unlikely that we'll develop that quickly, but it is possible. So all humans, mm-hmm. all mammals and reptiles possess um, the ability or the toolkits to produce venom. Really? Can we think of one mammal that does? Um. Oh, the oh. platypus. Platypus, yeah. I want to say echidna or something. Um, I don't know. It's like a echidna. I know, I know what the animal is, but I'm not sure if they're venomous. Mm, I don't know. I don't what know about voles? Voles. Okay, I did not know. That. Oh. oh, shrews. 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 I meant. I think I meant shrews, not voles. Lied. But yeah, so there's been extensive study into how. This is possible. And they said, um, obviously, we'll never develop like fangs that inject venom, but we mm-hmm. c- could develop over a long period of time the the salivary gland that produces the venom. And then could you imagine having that skill, though? I would bite people all the time. <laughs> Not me. I'd Get back. <laughs> I'd be afraid. It's like Cheryl Stinger. <laughs> it's like Cheryl Stinger. She's going to exactly. sting people. I'm going to hit you with some venom. <laughs> um, would you use it, Mark? I mean, it would probably be circumstantial. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He's like, on you, Mike, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Only if you could spit at distance. <laughs> <laughs> like a spitting cobra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Martin's like, Martin needs it from a no, distance, I right in like, the eyes. I He's didn't like, like hey, spit. Um, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So that's all we have for this episode because um, we did run over a little bit, but we'll have to edit some. So, all right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you.